Hi, you guys. This is Shondaland Revealed, the official Shondaland podcast for the TGIT Thursday Night lineup. It's official. It's official. We're back, and it's also the official podcast, which except, you guys all remember. Except no imposters. Exactly. No imposters. No imposters. This is the official. No imposters. It's absolutely, absolutely official. And actually, it's really, really nice that you spoke up there because I don't even barely have to introduce you now. But today, for my maiden voyage back into Podcastville, since we took the summer off and TGIT took the summer off, I'm really, really excited to start with a guest from the Mothership Show. The Mothership. The Grey's Anatomy Mothership Show. We thought it was appropriate for the first podcast of the season to bring one of my favorite people on of all time, who I've known quite a while. For a few years now. has been on the fine, fine television program that we like to call Grey's Anatomy now for quite a few seasons and is a regular in all your full glory. Yes, now a regular in all my full glory. That is the amazing, talented, fantastic Jason George, who plays Dr. Ben Warren on Grey's Anatomy now. That would be Ben Warren. I, I played Ben Warren. Well done. Ben Warren Bailey. Ben Warren Bailey. Because you're an open-minded sort of character, so hey, you might take your wife's name, which would be happen. super cool. That could happen. That could, ha- it that could happen. happen. It could definitely happen in one of the episodes. It hasn't happened yet, but it could happen. As is the tradition for podcasts here at Shondaland, um, I will tell you what Jason is wearing today, because you like to be able to visualize what we're doing over here. Jason is wearing a jaunty kind of baseball cap. Well, it's not really a baseball cap. What would you call that? I call this, like, I always call them like military cap. It's a military cap. This is my, this is my Castro look. It's a Castro look. It's a military yeah. cap in a an olive drab, to be yeah. actually accurate, yeah. which it's is slightly green. militaristic. Yeah. And you're wearing a really nice gray t-shirt um, with a lovely image of a child singing as it has earphones on it. And it's gray and short-sleeved and a lovely pair of kind of not quite distressed jeans, but nicely done jeans and some um, brown shoes. So, yeah, boots that have been lived in. I, of course, am wearing my Grey's Anatomy um, scrubs. Right. I'm wearing my scrubs. I'm wearing my scrub mm-hmm. cap and I'm wearing those weird, freaky little booties that they make you wear in the OR, which are kind of those paper booty it's just, things. It's just fun to say booties. <laughs> You know what's fun is listening to you say booties. See, when I say booties, <laughs> nobody cares if I say booties. But you say booties, and it's like you have to wear booties in Djibouti. You said booty again. When See? you go to when you go to Djibouti, it's, it's a country. It's this this is already booties. like one of the best podcasts ever because sailing. you just said sailing. You just said uh, Djibouti. Now you, this is your first podcast. This Jason. is my first podcast. Despite the fact that yeah. I've known you since 1847, this is still <laughs> your first podcast. Remember when we fought the war? That was it was great. awesome. Like we, that we was were great. like, do you remember when bread was like five cents? Yeah, we, Lincoln we, was a good cars, dude. Cars were not actually invented. Ford it was, was a nice guy too. He was, like, he was really yeah. like super awesome. Well, this we're here to talk about, and then we're going to ask some other kind of cool random questions. We're going to talk to some Twitter people who've mm-hmm. got questions. But first of all, we want to talk about the season premiere of the Grey's Anatomy television program, which just premiered. And this episode is called Sledgehammer. As all you guys who listen to this know, every single Grey's Anatomy episode is named after a song. Which is a, always, I always thought was a very cool thing. It was, and we were because I think we were very, very into the musical aspect of the show very early on. We thought it was a super cool idea when Shonda came up with the, the song titling idea. And but, because there's always a song. But somewhere along the way, you realize you can't repeat songs and you've got to come up with <laughs> that, another song. That is a problem. But you know what's amazing? America and the world just keep writing them. <laughs> so it helps when it's a song like Sledgehammer and you recognize it. But sometimes every once in a while it's something... Tad more obscure. Right. I you know? remember when that was like a random like trivia thing that like nobody knew. 
that every Grey's Anatomy episode was named after a song. It's true. I think very early on in our early podcast, when Sean and I first did podcasts together, when we were both on the Grey's Anatomy very early on, um, we would do podcasts. And it might have come out there, I'm not sure, but it was something that we didn't talk about very much and that it actually became sort of a now show it's, fun now fact. It's very, now it's very known. Exactly. Exactly. So this is a big episode for you and Bailey, because really the yeah. centerpiece of this episode, along with an incredible medical story the two girls on the train track and yeah. discovering their secret love for each other and the difficulty with the parents and, of course, the painful reunion of April and Jackson mm -hmm. and the strange sort of surrogate family which has now been created with Meredith and her sisters, which I'm finding high hysterical, <laughs> by the way. The sort of meat and the centerpiece of this episode is really about who's going to be chief. And as we leave last season, we're feeling pretty darn good about Bailey, and Ben is very supportive of Bailey. Ben was feeling pretty darn good about Bailey, too. But then this sort of spanner got thrown into the works. That's like a weird British expression. I just kind of expanded <laughs> my marketplace by saying that for no freaking clue. All the way reason. across the pond. All the way across the pond. Down. I'm going to start saying boot and, <laughs> and things like, we do like a cup of tea, that kind of thing. Bangers but and mash. Bangers and mash, exactly. I'm going to start deep frying Snickers bars. I think what's sort of surprising is all of a sudden you realize that there's another candidate in the works, and although the chief is very, very, very pro-Bailey, it's kind of awkward when Joey Lauren Adams, who mm -hmm. is a terrific actress, shows up and turns out to be quite a challenge for Bailey in yes. this episode. She's kind of the, uh, the wonderkind. She shows up and she's perfect she in every way. She nothing wrong. Yeah, she's, she's, like, she's drawn. Like, you know, she's designed on the island of Dr. Moreau to be the best <laughs> doctor that like, ever existed. And what, what's cool about it, though, is that Bailey is, you know, I mean, to go from being the Nazi to being the just the powerhouse, yeah, the yeah. beautiful person that Bailey is. Bailey balks. Bailey yeah. gets Bailey gets you know shook by this this newcomer and is like, she thinks she's perfect and she starts thinking she is gonna get cheap and I'm not. Which I don't think I've ever seen. You know, and you know I was a fan of the show before I was ever even on it. And I'm like, I don't know that I've ever seen Bailey. Yeah. It's it's true. It kind of reminds me of, it was a callback to me for the period of Bailey. There are some episodes that took place in the past and you yes. met Sandy. Oh, And yes. you met sort of like the, the character of Bailey who was, she was shy, she had glasses. Oh, that's right. She had cornrows. She had cornrows. That's right. She had cornrows. And she was very meek and she was yelled at a lot. And you sort of saw the genesis of Bailey being... In the beginning, she was not the Nazi. She was the absolute anti. She was the Bailey. she was the anti Bailey. She was sort of like a superhero came around and at some point just transformed <laughs> exactly. her into Bailey. A meteorite came from exactly. space. Exactly. Hit her in our cross pollination of what this television show has become. But what's sort of cool to me about this episode is it's like all that insecurity that you see once or twice in Bailey, and every once in a while, especially when she had. She had the injury a couple, like two seasons ago, I think, or a season ago where she became not trustworthy in surgery and she started to have the, right, the OCDs. The OCDs. Up and that, that was another time when you sort of saw Bailey weakened. But recently Bailey's been a really strong force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And this was this really cool kind of callback. But what stood between her and pure madness, of course, was Dr. Ben. Dr. Ben gets in there. I mean, and, I mean the cool part is that with, with the OCD, that's a thing that's that's a separate thing that's manifesting. Yes, it's theoretically something, you know, it's a mental condition, but that's still another thing. This, this is purely her backing down. This right? Is, it was just really fun to, you know, to play because Ben sees this and is like, oh, hell no. This is, this is not who I signed on to be married to. This, I don't know this person. And so he calls her out, like, he calls her out and she blows him off and is like, no, 
that's not going to work. So he blows into surgery and and goes full Which on. Which is one of the sergeant. most awesome scenes in the episode, oh. dude. It's like so good because you are like the best husband ever. <laughs> that's you good. are. You're like the best husband ever because not only are you like this kick-ass doctor and yeah. and stuff, but you're like you break in and you like are the only person who can talk sense to her. And to me, what's really great about watching your relationship grow is like over the years trying to convince her to get to a place where she actually could commit and be in this space. Right. But now that honestly, you're like the only person she listens to. Because the chief is not trustworthy at this point. Right, the chief yeah. is waffling his ass all over the place from what I can tell. Right, because he, well, he's looking at Joy Lauren Adams going, mm, wow. Mm. She is actually kind of good. And, yeah, and my wife, of course, played by Miss Debbie Allen, is rarely wrong. Right, right. Because as we all know, Miss Debbie Allen's never wrong. Debbie so Allen like, is, in fact, rarely wrong. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a, Even when she is portraying they just wrote into a the character. Show. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, but I honestly, I think one of those, one of my favorite speeches of this show, and I always have something as the biggest geek super fan, like every episode, there's always something I take away, but when she calls everyone in to, to surgery, surgery so she can do her job, the board members have to watch what she does as she's doing it. Yeah. It's like such a stroke of genius, and that came essentially from your pushing her, which is what's so cool. Yeah, and, you know, and, and what was also really fun was, you know, to flip from the characters to how things get done, Kevin McKidd directed this episode. Kevin McKidd directed the episode, you guys. a beast. Kevin is uh, Kevin, one of everybody's favorite directors. In fact, one of favorite, everybody's favorite people is just, you know, he's just... Yeah, Kevin... He's, he's kind of like, you know, Scottish Superman, but just, whatever. That's a great guy, great accent. Uh, the accent is money. He directed the hell out of this episode. Well, and what was cool was in that, in that scene, he went all in to, like, show how badass Bailey is. So he shot it in a way that was really hard for the crew and, uh, and the cast. Like he said, everybody's <laughs> got to ante up. But, but the beauty of, of it was that in success, even if you don't know what goes into making that kind of shot when you're watching the show, you subconsciously think... What a righteous badass she has to be. Everybody walked in, and while she's doing this thing without breaking concentration, she's in somebody's chest, and she's explaining why I am it, why you cannot do this without me. You could, but you would be an idiot if you tried to do this with anybody but me. <laughs> I run this joint, I make this joint, I know it down to its atoms, and it was just a fun scene to watch. You know, I got to the, the scene right before that where I come in and give her the get, get your junk together speech. Which also, was, by the way, is such a great kick-ass speech. But it, it, it was a fun speech to do, but you know, that was all me. And then in this one, I just sit there and I just I get to watch Chandra do her thing. It's never, never, Poetry not, motion. never not a cool thing to do. Well, and she's irritating too, because she directs too. I yeah. am both, I really do. All these hyphenates. I, I can't stand either of them. It makes me actually realize that I'm lazy. Like, okay. I think I actually work hard, but then I, I hear about, like, I'm acting and I'm directing, and I'm like, and I'm in the same scene. Like, it's the <laughs> acting, it's the directing yourself. I have this conversation with Tony Goldwyn, too, where I'm like, you're directing yourself in kind of an intimate, how does that right. work? And you're, and, you're, and you're doing it well. And you're doing it well, and it, you're doing it seamlessly, and you're super, and it's the same with, with Chandra and with Kevin. They're both, and Kevin's always so, when I saw Kevin... After I saw the episode, I was like, oh my, you know, it's such a good episode. He always is delighted and seems surprised. Like, he's always <laughs> sort of like, this is so great that you loved it. I'm so happy. And he has this sort of look of surprise. And it's like, he could be blasé by this point. I know. He's just I, not. I pay him compliments and he gets, he gets, oh, oh, thanks, man. And I'm like, you, <laughs> did, were you watching it? I, you know it's phenomenal. What are, you, what are we doing? 
Chandra actually directed Ben and Bailey's first kiss. Oh my god, I totally forgot that. We were talking about like having to direct yourself in like so wait, what was that like sort of for thing. you though? What was that like for you? It wasn't uh, it wasn't weird until she until the first time she held cut and then she just like got up, walked away, and walked over to a monitor and started sitting down and watching and like totally flipped like other hat went on in a big way. Yeah, and like suddenly I, I didn't exist and she was just in the monitor and she wasn't like most actors would get on like some trip about like you know can I watch myself? They're they're trying to figure out how I can make myself look better and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. And she's pure director mode. There's a scene work is a story told are the visuals on point does it look you know and she's not worried about her own performance because probably because she knows she's going to tag the performance anyway <laughs> but she's a great director yeah, she, she, and she also happens to be performing in the scene as well but they're not blending. I think directing yourself in love scenes is really like that's a thing she didn't yell cut while she was kissing you though right no that would have been embarrassing that would have been, uh, been really weird that would have been if uh, she yelled cut into my mouth but by the way Chandra can do everything right as far as I'm concerned, so she probably could have pulled that off too. Make that work. Okay, exactly. You know what's my favorite moment? Remember when you yelled cut in my mouth? <laughs> I was like, that was great. You know, it brings me back to <laughs> such happy memories of that particular episode of that season. Because <laughs> okay, so one of the best things, honestly, about having you in Grey's Anatomy now is, first of all, that you already know how to perform surgery because you've done it for us before. <laughs> Not according to Linda Klein, I don't. <laughs> okay, you guys, Linda Klein, most of you know this, but I'm just going to refresh your memory. Linda Klein is our amazing, our massive medical advisor on set. She helps stage the surgeries oh, yeah. and Linda is the consummate surgical nurse and she works with a group of people that we call the Kleinettes who are also surgical nurses who work on the Grey's Anatomy and very often when you see Boki or one of the other yeah. wonderful people who work there the wonderful they're, Boki. they're actual nurses who actually do this for a living and don't just perform fake surgery. I got to see Boki in action. Linda set up for me and Giacomo to go down to St. John's. Giacomo who's one of our newest cast members and is terrific. And is fantastic a great guy and we went and watched open heart surgery where they cut off the valves of a man's heart that had calcified Shut the front and door. And sewed on these new plastic artificial ones. And it was outstanding. Okay, see. It was it was spectacular. And, and Boki, the fun, this is the funny part. Okay, the surgery itself was like mesmerizing and amazing because you, you literally watch the heart stop beating. And like the lungs, as, the guy, as they're breathing form, the lung is peeking out like this little turtle head out of the side. <laughs> and it's, it's like, the lung is poking out. I'm like, this, it, it all looks fake. It all looks completely fake. Like, I honestly believe that what we do looks more real than a real surgery. But, but Boki there, Boki is the, is, she can be quiet on set. She's a tiny little, uh, we don't know how old Boki is. Boki is <laughs> ageless and timeless. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say you about know, Boki. Boki, yeah, Boki. Boki was with us for the pilot. Tiny, mm. tiny little Asian woman, you know, cause, and black don't crack, but yellow is mellow. Uh, so she could be like 120 years old, as far as we know. She, or 23. Um, or 23. That's the point. She could so, have been precocious and started very young. But she's relatively quiet and just like guiding us through these surgeries when she's on set. There, she is busting the chops of these doctors and are you kidding running me? junk, running like running junk like, ah to everybody, like waving everybody off, and like it's hilarious. And I was like, what did you all do to Boki? I just want to tap the inner Boki here. Like it was, yeah. You got to get Boki blathering because that's like incredible. And, and so it got me thinking, maybe maybe we need to have uh, you know nurses back talking doctors a little more in the in the OR. I'm gonna pass that along. N nurses, nurses with attitudes. I think that's an good naturedly, good naturedly see. fun each other's chops. Okay, so we worked on Off the Map together, but what a lot of those people who are listening out here don't know is we first met on a pilot in 2008, 2009, which was called Inside the Box. We met Jason and he played a on-air reporter. The show was about- White House correspondent. That's right. And the show was about journalists in Washington, DC. And Sarah Drew was also on that mm -hmm. show. 
and Martin Henderson was also on that mm -hmm. show. Are you all seeing a pattern here? Yep. Kim Raber was also on that show. Getting the band back together. So when they didn't have the fine taste to put that fine television program on ABC, don't get me started. We I'll came up with hour. oh my god, please. We came up with a different solution, which is we raped and pillaged the entire cast <laughs> and just kept making you guys work over and over and over Keep again. Everything you can and <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Now, if you could be any other character on one of the other Shondaland shows, like on Scandal or How to Get Away with Murder, what would you play? Oh, that's that's pretty easy, actually. Um, I would be Command. I would be Command. I would I would be I would. Joe Morton would be out, and Jason George. Turns would be out Ed. that Papa Pope didn't even really exist, or he was a shimmer you, of our imagination. No, it's, it's Brother Pope. Brother Apparently, Pope. it's because I'm not old enough to play Carrie's father. No, you are not. Uh, he and uh, he and Jeff Perry on Scandal, I always feel like they, uh, and I've said it to both of them, that they get speeches on there. Everybody in anywhere in Shondaland gets speeches that are, you got to put on your big boy actor pants to, to, <laughs> to pull them off because they're like, you know, okay, here, come, here comes that speech, you got to be ready because it's like, you know, it's a, it's a full obstacle course. But they get these marathon, like Tough mutter level of speeches. Oh, like... Like stupid, ridiculous, the, and sometimes about three seconds before they have to actually go on and do them. It's um, and and they, they, I mean, everybody gets hard speeches. Everybody in Chantelaine gets hard speeches, but their speeches are honestly straight up kill or be killed. Like you either look like a complete idiot. That's the phone, you guys. The and, uh, phone actually still rings, even though we do this stuff because this is real life, you guys. Tell my agent to call back. I got the job. <laughs> um, He's a regular. Go away. <laughs> we got we got the contract. But yeah, but it, I mean, those speeches are either you look like an idiot with egg on your face because you got destroyed by the speech, which is like I think what ninety percent of human beings would have happened to them, or you have to completely look like a superhero when you finish the speech. Like, totally. And Jeff and Joe, every time, look like superheroes. And I would just love to see if I could actually even come close oh, to pulling off one of those. I like to think I could, but you oh, know, yeah. But everybody thinks they could like run a marathon than you do when you want to like die halfway through, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know or every, yeah. Okay, we're going to try something really weird. Now we're going to get weird? We're never done before. And um, don't panic because we'll cut it down. Oh, and I this don't whole panic. Thing won't be. I'm um, with Betsy Beers. I'm, okay, come on, you, you know you're in good I hands. Know you'll take care of me. You've seen, you've, you've seen all sides of me, including, including... I'm not even touching that one. No, you don't even go there. So we're going to play a game called Six Degrees of Shondaland, okay, right. which I've never played before, so this is going to be a maiden voyage for both of us. I'm guessing you don't even need Six Degrees to in order. Um, I, I'm not really sure, but I'm going to give props to Holly Fisk, who's with us, who's producing this, and Akua Murphy, who's my assistant, right. who are kind of like radically fierce and awesome, and they're Akua. constantly trying to change change up my crap because, you know, soon I'm going to be gumming my food. So, um, Akua, and it's good Akua, so we Akua have... Akua also as much fun to say as booty. I'm just Akua, saying, Akua also Akua. a phenomenal name, and it, you it can get her started on it, how many people don't don't get that name right oh, too, which is super It should be awesome. sung like a Disney song. Um, okay, so can you connect yourself through actors mm. to Jack Fallahy of How to Get Away with Murder? I figured it out, I figured out one. I think there are a couple different ways of doing it. Okay, okay. I'm gonna give you a hint, Viola Davis. Thinking it through, so Jack Fallahy works with Viola Davis. Viola Davis worked with Meryl Streep, unproved. Oh, and Meryl, Meryl Streep's Streep daughter, just did. Meryl Streep's daughter is Mamie Gummer. That's right, and Mamie Gummer and Mamie, worked and, with you on Off the Map. On Off the Map. Yes! Okay, very good. That was technically four, was four right? degrees. Jack to Viola. That was Viola to Meryl. That was Meryl to Mamie. Mamie Coming to you. This will be so much easier, by the way, when Kevin Bacon comes on, because then all your bases are covered. Because <laughs> Kevin Bacon's in like the fifth episode, right? Oh, was I not supposed to say that yet? Jeez. Shh. Or, you know, when... Don't let um, know when Kira comes Martin on. Henderson starts, and it's just super easy. Okay, so we've got fan questions for you. Are you ready? Uh, yes. We have an yeah. excellent fan base. We love sure our Twitter I'm sure followers. I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not ready, but... 
Oh, you're ready, because um, some of my favorite people ask questions this week, which is super exciting. Josephine at Josephine wants to know, what's your favorite episode of Grey's? Do you have a favorite episode of Grey's? You're in, somebody else is in. Hey, Josephine, uh, I have to say the uh, the shooter episodes. I was, I was literally, at the time, had nothing to do with the show. Well, no, I was guessing on the show. So I was still recurring. I, I was playing Ben at that time, but this wasn't my home. My, my home was somewhere else on a different show. I was still like in the street, your de facto publicist. I'm naming all people that should win Emmys based on that episode. And the, including the, uh, the, oh, I'm blanking on his name, the actor who played the shooter. Oh, he was amazing. Um, I told him, I said, if you don't eat, at least get a nomination for this, there's literally no job. And he did. Justin, what, so, what a brave guy. I have guy. told, you know, and I, I love the Television Academy. I have many friends there. I do a lot of work with the Academy, but I have told several people, y'all screwed up on that one because he should have oh, been. He was so good. And just a strange side note, which is I tend to have a very odd reaction sometimes with incredibly intense emotional violent stuff is that when it's working for me and I'm watching, I start to, when it's us, I start to laugh hysterically and I jump up and down and I slap things because it means it's working, which is crazy, <laughs> but it's because it's so tension filled that I become possessed with my own amazement at what just happened. Right. And this shooter episode, I remember the, one of the first roughs, Shonda said, "Come in! I want you to come in and watch this. And I started jumping up and down and screaming and slapping the sofa. <laughs> so, so he's shooting people. <laughs> and she was well, when they shot Alex Karev and I was so blown away that I just started like howling and screaming. And she thought this was the, <laughs> I, think, I think the poor woman, it was one of the few times she kind of went, okay, there's a man with a stretcher in a rubber room he's, he's ready bleeding. for you. He's but now she knows that if I come in and I watch something and I start, I start like howling and clapping my hands and jumping up and down that it's going really, really well. And it's yeah. clearly a super upsetting episode. Yeah, I, I get that. Okay, so Cindy wants to know at Fangirl Cindy, who jokes around the most on set? Wow, who jokes around on set? That, these days, that's hard. There's a bunch of people. I mean, I screw around a lot. Jesse screws around a lot. Everybody does a little bit. Okay, so what we're basically so, getting you guys is this is a big group of jokers. So, so, especially on certain days. When you get enough of us together, then it, it snowballs. Well, and what's amazing about the yeah. show is we cram so many of you in one room and then try to take your picture that it's kind of crazy. You know, and then, I mean, and the problem is that when, if, if it's one of those days, it's either quiet and everybody's chill and everybody's kind of focused on doing their work and yeah. everybody's like, you know, into a phone or a computer yeah. when we're offset and then getting revved up, you know, running over lines or before we go out. Or you cannot get everybody on set because we're still just grab-assing all over the place and everybody's like... <laughs> Talking trash, and they're like, they're like, we'd like to shoot a TV show now. Seriously, see, put it down, get on set, and we're like, okay. Now, Mary at Miradier Gladiator wants to know if you had a chance, and you will undoubtedly have a chance to choose your own scrub cap, because at some point you're going to finish and you're going to choose a specialty. Which, right. by the way, is another question of Amanda's at the Amanda Aponte, which is. What specialty do you want to do? Tell me, what specialty do you think Ben is going to choose, and what would your scrub cap look like? Well, the scrub cap probably is, is well, let's, let's, just, let's start with fly. It will be dope. It will be dope. Uh, it will be dope. Ben would expect it, nothing it will less. Have, it will have colors. It'll, uh, it'll, sc it'll scream like jazz and funk. And, uh, and then for a specialty, you know, Ben was a doctor earning good money. So he was an anesthesiologist, you know, my friends. He was an anesthesiologist. And he was so, the best in the business. You know what I'm saying? Uh, has gone back once or twice, even while being an intern. So it's all about the challenge. So I kind of want to go to your cardiothoracic or, or neuro. One of those Okay, two. writers. I hope you guys are listening to this. This but, is what Jason feels but, might be a good idea. But, but see, if, if, if Ben goes neuro, then he and Stephanie are like going to have a cage match for who's who's hanging out with... Oh yeah, that's going to get... You know, that's going to be a grizzle fest. She's kind of decided she's locked into that, so it's going to be, you know, 
two doctors enter, one doctor leave. Yeah, we don't want, we, we, we love all of you. So, so maybe, maybe cardio. Okay, maybe Has anybody claimed cardio yet? Nobody's claimed cardio yet, uh, right? Doesn't, it seems to be, right now, it's an open book, so. And See, plus, you just you went go. to a cardio surgery, which you This really is what I'm enjoyed. saying. I actually can perform. I performed the surgery, actually. I don't know if we talked about did you, that. Did you, did you, an up-tempo or The ballot? actual, real, Yes, ladies okay, and gentlemen. But just real quick on the surgery. This man comes in for this open-heart surgery. They're uh -huh. cutting off the felt that, you know, uh -huh. the family finds out that Giacomo and I are in the room. Do they want to talk to the doctors who are actually saving their father's <laughs> life? No. We go out <laughs> to meet the family in full scrubs. They're, we were like, should we change first? And, you know, and, and, and goes, should we change first? I was like, from Grace. No, we go out in scrubs. We go out in scrubs. Okay, GA lover wants to know, and that's at Marilee's GA. Are there any similarities between Ben Warren and you? Yeah. You've met my wife. She's uh, oh, she, awesome. She is pretty stinking awesome. She seems like a quiet little Indian woman uh, at times. And then you get to know her, and then you realize, Oh, no, she, like Bailey, is a powerhouse and, you know, people back down and I, I've literally, and I'm not kidding, I've seen her make grown men cry. Uh, we had some contractors at the house and the guy had messed up some stuff and was trying to, trying to say that, well, you told me, and she's, and she, no, no, and, she, and, she, and it was, and when he said you tried to, I was like, mm -mm, that I, oh, I'm so, oh, I tried to warn you, bro, that was a bad call. You should have looked at me, I tried to give you the high sign. Turn away. You're married to an incredibly strong woman on the show. You're married to a strong woman at home. You. I'm pretty are, screwed, is what it comes you're down to. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you have beautiful children. So. They, they are empirically speaking, you know, scientists crunch the numbers, and they're. Uh, they they're, are actually they're, they're, they're pretty gorgeous. gorgeous. They're pronounced gorgeous. Do you think Ben and Bailey are going to have more kids? I hope we get into that conversation. I don't know if they will. That's I, a. That's. I don't know how that conversation goes down. You know, You've been helping the writers a, a lot today. I feel really I'm good for them. I'm a giver. You are a giver. I'm going to ask one last question. It's because I love Bobblehead Lives because Bobblehead Lives is one of our biggest fans and is the most amazing tweeter and watches so much television. Bobblehead, I don't know how you do it because <laughs> every time I'm job. on tw like Twitter, Bobblehead has like weighed in on something I haven't even seen yet, and I'm just so impressed. Bobblehead has figured out ways to ask very creative questions. This question is: If you could create a new ability for yourself, like mm. add feathers to arms to fly, what would you create? Wow. Um, it's kind of almost like a superpower. I, well, I gotta, you know, flying is pretty cool. I, you know, I, I, I had logged a bunch of hours towards getting a pilot's license. And then like one day I walked in the door, my wife told me she was pregnant with twins. And I kind of literally <laughs> just threw, threw the bag full of like all my pilot's gear like into a closet and was like, <laughs> we're done with that. That's not happening. <laughs> and so, Smart move. So I was like, Smart move, pregnant Jason with twins, George. she doesn't need the stress of me up in the sky. But being able to fly would actually be pretty simple. How do you feel about the feathers? There with the flying. If I could get away without the feathers, that would you, be, you know what would be, no, you you know be fly? Feathers, okay. Jason. And I say this because Mark Guggenheim is a friend and he runs Arrow and a bunch of Mark those. Mark Guggenheim uh, and, is an incredibly, and, incredibly talented writer, yeah, all of you and, guys. And, He's great. And uh, Greg Berlanti, and so I know all those guys, uh, and I'm a big old comic book geek. And I say all that to say that full on wings, like Hawkman style wings, so big, back, huge wings, the back. that would be so dope. Because you would even That's have to like, hot. some dude steps to you the wrong way and he's like, you know, well, that was my parking spot. And you go, <laughs> wings just flop out and you're just like, back up. What do you say to a dude who has wings, like a wingspan of like 18 feet? It's done. Conversation ended. And by the way, what a great way to reserve space at a bar. <laughs> exactly. Just like, boom. Is this seat taken? go out. Exactly. <laughs> All these seats are taken. I think that is a perfect answer. Bobblehead, I hope that answers the question and that you're still living. Um, thank you so much, Jason. This has been obviously a treat for me that actually I could force you to sit and talk to me for it's a period been a lot of time. Of fun. See? It wasn't as, as nasty. I didn't actually act like. I expected act like... you to, to, to make me cry. And, you know, I thought it was going to be one of those like, you, you, interviews where you <laughs> like, were like. like I'm trying 
trying to like <laughs> ask you tough questions and it's like Barbara, like the old Barbara Walters ones where you just kind of wait and find yeah. out when You're somebody like, starts to gonna tear be? up. What's the one? What's she going to get him with? What's she going to get him with? You thought it was going to be that. Oh, it's that one. <laughs> Next time on Grey's Anatomy, the episode is called Walking Tall. It's another great episode that you don't want to miss. And I'm not going to tell you too much more about it because you've got to watch it, you guys. You've got to tune in. And especially after Jason George has spent such an amazing, lovely amount of time with me talking about his feelings as Ben you got to see what happens next with Bailey and Ben, and there are a couple of other things in this episode you really can't miss. Next time on Scandal, it's called Yes. The episode is called Yes. I really don't want to tell you very much except that it's called Yes because you'll think about what are we saying yes to. That's, and all I can say I'm is thinking. all I can say is yes will um, factor in to the episode, <laughs> which is probably why it's the title. But don't forget I told you that. Next time on How to Get Away with Murder, the episode's called She's Dying. Okay, <laughs> so. Also, possibly a title, <laughs> a title that will mean something to you when you watch it, I, which is great. I don't even have to tease these episodes because the titles are just doing them. Thank you guys so much for following all of our Shondaland shows on the various social platforms. Thank you guys. And for getting caught up or rewatching on ABC.com or Watch ABC app. And please, please, please don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com backslash Shondaland. Right. And get at me on Instagram or Twitter. Exactly. I will okay. continue to answer questions. See, I will answer questions nonstop. Okay, you guys, this is incredible. First of all, he'll figure out all your six degrees, which is super complicated. And second of all, he's going to answer a lot of questions on the Twitter and the Instagram. The, the, the Twitter and the Instagram, yes. Thank you again, Jason. My pleasure. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in. I will be back next week with a new podcast to discuss one of the fabulous shows on TGIT. Until then, have a great week. Stay safe. Bye-bye.